0: one of the pastors here at Redeemer Community Church. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you all to service this morning. Thank you so much for joining us in prayer for little Emma. It does feel weird to just move on. But we continue to trust the Lord to be our encouragement in this scripture as he has promised to be. And so we will turn our hearts and our minds to the sermon this morning as best we can. If you indeed are a First time visitors, this is your first time with us. I want to extend to you a very extra special welcome this morning. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us. You'll notice in the seat backs in front of you, there are these cards that say welcome in bright yellow and red. If you would please fill out one of those cards, turn it in to this offering basket at some time during service. We'd love to connect with you, potentially take you out to coffee on us, and just get to know you a little bit and allow you to get to know us. Amen? Amen. And amen. There's nothing else. Today, we had a little mixed up with the, with the text. Um, we're actually going to be preaching on Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. We read it as our New Testament verse today, but there's nothing wrong with reading Scripture over and over again. It's something we should do, right? So we're going to be coming from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. I will read it again. And um, we, we, we will jump into the sermon. But a quick word about last week. Last week we concluded our sermon series through on, on discipleship. And in that sermon, I, I talked about Hebrews chapter 4 as we talked about the living nature of the scripture. Talking about the word being God breathed and, and the breath of God being the thing that grants us life and therefore grants the scripture life. And we talked about the Greek word in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for alive being the Greek word, what, let's see if anybody remember. Somebody said it, say it. Zao, Zao, there she is. Greek scholars there being Zao. And we had a quote that will come up here to define it. And we said that it means not just to exist, for a thing can exist without living. To live is to have that peculiar property communicated by God to some parts only of his creation. He originates and sustains all life by giving it out of himself so that the, the the living nature of scripture is that it is out of or from God, the giver and sustainer of life himself. And so that scripture itself, and we'll talk about this, has the character of God in that it accomplishes what it's set forth to do. And so. It was to my surprise that this week I learned that this passage that we referenced last week was actually in the lectionary for this week. So I thought, hey, why not take a little deeper dive into the importance and benefits of Scripture, which we kind of left off with last week. So we're going to be talking about the importance of studying Scripture and the benefits of studying Scripture as we look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, you can follow along up here on the screen. So beginning in verse 12 it says for the word of god is alive and active sharper than any double edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart nothing in all creation is hidden from god's sight everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account therefore to help us in our time of need. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Please pray with me, friends. Dear God, we we are grateful for the promise of your goodness. We're grateful for your mercy to, to be concerned with us and our our issues and God, we just thank you for being the God you are. Lord, we ask for grace that as we turn to your word, that indeed you would encourage us through it. Lord, you'd strengthen us. You'd grant us a little more of yourself that we can persevere, that we can be in every way the people of God you're calling us to be, Lord, that as sometimes it's hard, we struggle to believe and have faith that your word today would breathe greater life into our faith. That, Lord God, you would help us to believe where we struggle. Lord God, you would expose those areas of our lives where we need your attention. And you would apply that healing, solve solve, solve that that balm, that is the blood of Christ, that you would indeed save us and heal us and deliver us, redeem us, make us in every way, the people of God you're calling us to be, Lord. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise because you indeed are worthy in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so we're not going to belabor this point a little um, too much because we've talked about it a good bit last week. Uh, We talked about it a ton. And this is the idea that the word of God is alive. And so that's the first point we're going to look at today. Okay, the word of God is alive from Hebrews chapter four and verse twelve. And so the passage begins by saying that the word of God is alive and active. Again, we're not going to touch on it too much. We've done it a good bit already. But I did want to say this quote that I thought was really helpful in kind of cementing in our minds what it means to say that God's word is alive. And real quick, remember last week we talked about the scripture, right? We talked about another Greek word, right? Another test time. What was that Greek word for scripture we mentioned last week? Starts with a G. Grafe. Grafe. Nobody failed. Everybody got a pass on the test. Did you say it? There it is. And he wasn't here last week. Good job, man. Grafe. And we talked about how that means the written scripture, the written record of God's communication of himself to us. Now, when we talk about the word of God from the book of Hebrews, understand that we're not saying any less than the written communication of God. If anything, we're actually saying more. We're talking about that written communication of God, but also that communication of the Lord God that is very special to us in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right. If you think about John chapter one, when we talk, when John says that Jesus is the Logos. Right. Well, that's the same word here for word Logos. So we're not saying any less than we said last week. If not, if anything, we're saying more when we talk about the word of God. And so when we talk about the word being alive, there's a teacher, a scholar. His name is Donald Guthrie, and he says this about the word being alive. He says that the word is living shows that it reflects the true character of God himself, the source of all life. This kind of life is full of energy to achieve its declared end. So the word of God is alive in that it it mirrors God's own character And also in that accomplishes exactly what God has sent it forth to accomplish in our lives. In other words, the word of God is effective. It's powerful. It does what it's set forth to do by God himself in that it it contains his power to do that. And so that's all we'll say about the word being alive. We touched on it a lot last week. And our second point today that we get from the book of Hebrews is this, that the word of God is sharp the word of god is sharp the next verse goes on to say that it is sharper than any double edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart now i want to show you something here on the screen here it's already up there how many people know what this is a scalpel, a scalpel. close it's an exacto knife it's an exacto knife. It's just, it's about as sharp as, as, a, as a scalpel. It's an exacto knife. And growing up, I started and stopped a lot of different hobbies like you did. You know, you go to mom and say, Mom, this is it. I want it. Buy it. I'm going to do it forever. You do it for about two weeks and you put it down. This was one of my hobbies. I wanted to do paper art which is this kind of 3D origami things and you use an Exacto knife and mom went out and bought me the special paper and the Exacto knife and, and I was very diligent with it for about two weeks. But as the name would apply, the Exacto knife is very, very helpful, useful, useful, necessary even in making this kind of art because as the name would apply, it's so incredibly sharp, especially at the point that it allows you to make very detailed, very exact Cuts in the paper to make intricate kinds of paper art, paper art like this, like this. this is, these are the kinds of things I produce for my two weeks of art, artistry. <laughs> as you can tell, I was very good for, for two weeks. But you see, when Hebrew says that the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword, it means that the word of God is sharper in effect than any exacto knife. It's sharper in effect than the sharpest butcher knife. It's sharper in effect than the sharpest scalpel of a surgeon. It's so sharp that when the word of God is read or heard, it penetrates deep down to the deepest parts of us. The word of God is so sharp when Hebrew says that it divides the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow, you, you get that butcher-like, that, that surgeon-type language. What he means is that the word of God is thorough in the work that it does to us. It's so sharp that it gets down to the deepest most secret, hidden parts of us, judging, engaging, challenging, encouraging the thoughts and attitudes of our very hearts, the deepest inner inner parts of ourselves. The Word of God leaves no stone unturned. It gets down deep so that when we engage the Word of God, the the writer of Hebrews is telling us that we are laid bare. When we engage the word of God, we are exposed before God from whom nothing is or can be hidden from his sight. The word of God is thorough in dealing with our inner person. In other words, brothers and sisters, the word of God is so living, it's so active, it's so sharp and precise that when we read it, it in turn reads us. Friends, to read the Bible, to engage with the God of Scripture means to be impacted by the power of God to bring about change in the deepest parts of us. And our last point from this passage is this. The word of God, in effect, it effectively directs us to the Lord Jesus himself. This metaphor of a sword, of a scalpel or an exacto knife, I think it's fitting because, brothers and sisters, just like being cut, very often having the word deal with you and read you is very uncomfortable, isn't it? When I read stories of people messing up in scripture like like Peter denying the Lord Jesus his friend or Peter saying dumb things as he often said, when I read about the Israelites grumbling against God because they wouldn't get, it, get things their own way, or, or when I read about just a myriad of people, David, falling before the Lord and all the different issues, I am reminded over and over again of all of the commandments that I continually fail to keep and all of the sins that I continually succeed at committing. I am laid bare before the Lord, I am exposed. I'm vulnerable. But just before my vulnerability descends down into pits of despair, the right of Hebrews comes back and he says, therefore, he says, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who is ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly the faith we profess." When the scripture deals with me, let me hold firmly to the faith that I profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find help in our time of need. In other words, brothers and sisters, though the word of God does this work of dealing with us and exposing us, although the word of God cuts down to those deepest, ugliest parts of us, it does so in the light of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our high priest. You see, the purpose of the high priest back in the Old Testament was to offer sacrifices in order to temporarily cover the sins of people when they were laid bare, when they were exposed before God. But the writer of Hebrews wants us to see today that although those high priests did the best they could with the offering of animals and such, we now have a high priest who is, who is far superior to them and their work. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted to sin just as we are. Yet he did not sin, and therefore he was able to offer a sacrifice that was far better than the sacrifice of those high priests. Because when those high priests offered sacrifices, the problem remained that they were themselves still laid bare before the Lord God. That their sins were exposed. But through Jesus, Hebrews, and in Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, verse 4, as their sin lay bare before God, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away, take away sins. But then Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 and B says that our Lord Jesus Christ, he has appeared once and for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Brothers and sisters, listen, although the word of God is thorough in exposing and showing us our sin, our Lord Jesus Christ is thorough in doing away with our sin. Although the word of God shows us our sin and ugliness, Jesus is he who puts it away from us so that we can declare with resounding rejoicing in Psalm 103:12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions From us, and even for his own sake, Isaiah says, he blots out our transgressions and he remembers them no more. To come to Jesus is to have your sins put away and never brought back up again. Amen. What a gift we have in Jesus. Friends, the ultimate reason we study the scripture is because it always points us to the hope that we have in Jesus. If you're reading the scripture and not ending on hope in Jesus, can I just say you may be reading it wrong? Reading the scripture always points us to the hope we have in Jesus. Every time we read it, we are reminded of our insufficiency and of Jesus' absolute sufficiency. Every time we read it, we are reminded of how broken we are and yet how merciful he is. Every time we read it, we are invited to approach God's throne of grace where the mercy of God is dispensed in unending supply. Friends, the word of God is alive and active. Word of God is sharp. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And oh, praise be unto God. It always points us to the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much again for your word and the encouragement that is therein. Lord God, I pray that you would impart through your word some more of yourself that we can persevere, that we can thrive even this week with the joy of the Lord that indeed is our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. As we turn our hearts towards the table, this is the place where weekly we encounter the Lord in this meal. We prepare our hearts and minds by silently confessing our sins and then joining in confession.